So if you open your Bibles and turn to Matthew 6.33, um, we're going to just read that one verse. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. This verse has been running through my mind for several days now. I keep meditating on it and turning it around and around and looking at its every facet. It's truly become quite a gem. And, um, you know, in the past few days, um, it's really been a challenge to my soul as well. There's so much wrapped up in these 20 words. And I find it interesting that Jesus gives us these words right in the heart of the Sermon on the Mount. It is as if it were hidden in plain sight. These words come after Christ's teaching on the Beatitudes, being salt and light of the world. Christ is the fulfillment of the law. It even comes after his teachings on anger, divorce, lust, oaths, retaliation, loving your enemies, and almsgiving. It, uh, he further teaches us on the Lord's prayer and fasting and laying up treasures in heaven. And then this verse is placed right in the middle of his teaching on putting away anxious care for food and clothing. I never saw this before. I never saw it in this light before, but I'm convinced that this command from Jesus is the very climax of the entire Sermon on the Mount. It's the apex of all that he was teaching to those that were listening in person. And all of us today who read and feed on Christ's words from that beautiful sermon. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Of this verse, Matthew Henry in his commentary says, It is the sum and substance of our whole duty. Our duty is to seek, to desire, pursue, and aim at these things. First, the object of this seeking, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We must mind heaven as our end and holiness as our way and seek the righteousness of it, God's righteousness, the righteousness which he requires to be wrought in us. And then over in the Jameson Fawcett and Brown commentary, they've stated, strictly speaking, it has to do only with the subject of the present section, the right state of the heart with reference to heavenly and earthly things. But being couched in the form of a brief general directory, it is so comprehensive in its grasp as to embrace the whole subject of this discourse. Our whole duty as blood-bought sinners can be summed up in the words, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So I want to focus a little bit on the first phrase of that verse, and in particular, seek ye. Seek ye here is a translation of the Greek word, Zeteo, uh, which literally means to seek or to worship or alternately to crave or demand something. So the sense really is not a casual looking or pursuing, but it's one of literally craving God. And it brings to mind Psalm 42.1, which I think carries the same sense of craving God in the same way. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Now the heart we know is a deer, but I don't know that many know that the heart is actually a male deer. And if you spend any time in the woods uh, hunting or watching hunting programs or, or seeing nature films where they show male deers uh, possibly in the rut fighting and chasing, um, male deers literally expend a tremendous amount of energy. 
running and chasing and doing the things that they do in the woods. And therefore, the water brook is literally life to that panting male deer or that heart. So I ask, do we pant after God in the same way? Hebrews 11.6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And our verse from Matthew 6 clearly draws a contrast between seeking after these temporal things instead of seeking after God. But there's an application that we can and should make that's beyond just food and raiment. Isaiah 31.1 says, Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help and stay on horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong, but they look not unto the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. We should pay particular attention to the word of God when it says woe unto. What follows those words is always a warning to us. And here in Isaiah, it's clear that this warning is to those that seek worldly things. The next word in our verse is the word first. Seek ye first. First, before all else, in order of preeminence. Number one, the top on our list. There's a special significance to first things in the Bible. Uh, The firstborn, the first fruits, the tithe to be the first part. Um, and I, I did just, uh, some looking into some interesting other firsts in the Bible. And I think it's, uh, you know, particularly of note, the attention of the focus of these firsts is all about God. So we look at the very first verse in all the scriptures, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. God Almighty, the creator and sustainer of all things. The first commandment, Exodus 20, verse 2, thou shalt have no other gods before me. The first psalm is all about seeking God and his righteousness through obedience. And even the first beatitude, which is also the first words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 2, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So I want to make note particularly um, in this verse and and in the word first to our praying we must seek god's kingdom and righteousness first before all other petitions and needs jesus gives us that pattern for structured prayer in matthew 6 9 to 15 and in the first couple verses he says our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven Right there, he's telling us that first and foremost in our very praying, we are to seek God and his kingdom and righteousness. God is truly a God of order, and the Bible is full of examples. If we look at the days of creation, there is a a right order about those things. The ordering of the things in the tabernacle, Christ's entire life, his incarnation, life, death, burial, and resurrection, all put in order by God. 1 Corinthians 14.40 tells us, let all things be done decently and in order. And I think that, uh, I mean, it says all things, right? That applies to our praying. And so I ask is, how do we approach God when we come to his very throne of grace? Yes, we're told to come boldly, but do we actually think that means we can flippantly run in and just start demanding? When we pray, we're entering into the very presence of God. 
the very throne room. We're enjoining ourselves and doing spiritual battle with the very enemy of our souls. How then can we not come and first seek God's righteousness and his holiness? If there's one thing that Satan would desire more than anything else, and that's to keep us from praying. Um, C.S. Lewis's screw tape letters, I don't know if any of you have read those, but letter number four gives quite a picture of our adversary's hatred of prayer. If you get a chance to, to read it, I would highly encourage it. Um, Satan can't stand it when we are at the throne of grace, but we must first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness for ourselves, our spouses, our children, our families, our friends, our neighbors, our communities, our nations, and our world. In his commentary on Matthew, C.H. Spurgeon wrote this, the kingdom of God and the righteousness suitable to that kingdom, seek these first and foremost, and then all that you can possibly need shall be your portion. To promote the reign of Christ and to practice righteousness are but one object and may be the one aim of our lives. Let us spend life on the one thing and it will be well spent. As for the 20 secondary objects, they also will be ours if we pursue the one thing only. We must seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness with every faculty that God has given us. We must desire him above all else. The things of this world must grow strangely dim to us as we diligently seek to press into the kingdom. I found a wonderful quote from George Mueller, and he said, I now ask you, my dear reader, a few questions in all love, because I do seek your welfare, and I do not wish to put these questions to you without putting them first to my own heart. Do you make it your primary business, your first great concern to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Are the things of God, the honor of his name, the welfare of his church, the conversion of sinners and the profit of your own soul, your chief aim? Oh, may we ask ourselves the very same questions. And may the Lord bless us all as we labor to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Amen.